Thank you very much uh, for having me. My name is Bayan Takizawa, and I'm the Chief Business Officer at Continuous Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we're a spin-out of the Novartis MIT Center for Continuous Manufacturing. Uh, that was a joint research endeavor between Novartis and MIT, approximately $85 million, really to change the way small molecule drugs are manufactured. Right now, they're made in a very outdated, with an outdated process called batch manufacturing. And a highlight of this uh, uh, joint venture was that uh, we were able to take a 200-day batch process, which is not unusual for pharmaceuticals, and cut it down to just two days with other advantages in cost, uh, quality, uh, footprint, and environmental impact. So it's just a much better way of manufacturing small molecule drugs, uh, and uh, uh, we are looking to commercialize that, bring it to the rest of the market. So uh, that, in a nutshell, is what we do at Continuous Pharmaceuticals. Ayan, it's so nice to see you again. I mean, I, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I see you whenever there's like um, progresses on LinkedIn, which of course LinkedIn keeps us all um, alert of when someone is advancing in their companies, et cetera. Um, so we're going to dive into this, especially I mean right now because everyone is focusing on vaccinations and everyone's focusing on life sciences. Life sciences are finally getting the attention at the forefront that it's never gotten before. But before that, um, I want to know, who are you? Like, where did you come from? Like, I mean, how did you evolve to where you are right now? Well, thank you. Uh, so it's, it's been a long, but I would say fun journey. In college, ironically, I was a chemical engineer. So kind of come back to uh, the field where I first started. Uh, but in the interim, I went to medical school. I did a few years of residency in urology. That's with the U. And it really was a privilege, honor uh, to treat patients. But I ultimately decided that this was not really what I wanted to do uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, so I ended up, after uh, some residency, uh, going to New York and working at a small life sciences investment firm called Acton Biomed. And shortly after that, I went to MIT, where I was a part of the Leaders for Global Operations Program, or LGO, formerly known as the LFM, or Leaders for Manufacturing. And it was really a great experience. I got to learn a lot about lean and various advanced business management principles that, quite frankly, would have been very useful in, uh, during my clinical days in treating patients. Uh, but it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a very good education. I, I, I learned a lot. And after MIT, I uh, joined a consulting firm uh, that deals more with healthcare systems. It was called the Chartist Group. It was really exciting. Uh, I was there when Obamacare passed, and we really helped a lot of hospitals and health systems uh, adjust uh, how they treat patients uh, accordingly. However, before I left MIT, I started working with a gentleman by the name of Salvatore Masha, the CEO of our company, on a continuous manufacturing. Uh, and during that time when I was a student, there was a, a large, this, this large joint venture that I mentioned between Novartis and MIT. And a lot of us uh, really uh, were very surprised at the progress that was made and the benefits that this, uh, what we call ICM or Integrated Continuous Manufacturing offers. And so uh, he was one of the, the leaders in that effort. And uh, we spoke, we, we met at a uh, a venture capital private equity dinner of all things. We were just sitting next to each other. Uh, and that's just the kind of magic that happens at MIT sometimes. And uh, we ended up talking, uh, we, we bonded very well. 
And I, I helped them develop some of the business plans. And even throughout my days at Chartist, I, w- I, was, I was very busy because on the weekends and on the late nights, I would spend uh, trying to work on our, our business model and, and uh, strategy for continuous pharmaceuticals. And fast forward two years, uh, we had some investors and Sal really needed uh, me to come in full time. And so that was a I would say a very bittersweet moment because I loved the work that I was doing at Chartist. Um, it was very emotional when, when I left, uh, but I, I felt that what we had at Continuous was so groundbreaking and so tr- uh, transformative and would really have such an impact on, uh, on the pharmaceutical manufacturing world that, uh, that I needed to, uh, uh, to do this. Uh, so ultimately did a lot of work in the life sciences from uh, clinical to investment to healthcare practice and now going back to the manufacturing. Uh, and so, and so that's, that's, that's really, I would say the trip. And I've been doing this for uh, the past, uh, I believe uh, seven or eight years. So it's, it's been, it's been a, a while and uh, we made some progress um, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's exciting. We fortunately, uh, we have what I think is uh, critical to any small ventures. We have a fantastic team and fantastic leadership. Uh, Sal, uh, uh, when, when I met him, I, re- I realized that he was not only uh, a very smart person, uh, also a very conscientious person. So uh, the mission at Con- uh, Continuous has always been one of how we can better or improve the pharmaceutical industry. It's never been about uh, how much profit we can make or, or uh, anything like that. It's really been about uh, transformative change. Uh, you asked, you answered so many different things in my head, but I have to like rewind all the way back. Um, where, I mean, where are you from and why, why life sciences? I mean, you could have gone any different route. I mean, clearly you're a very intelligent man. Um, you could have gone every, any single route. Why did you choose this industry? Um, it's, it's long. I mean, it's, it's not like you go in, it's not like tech where it's like, I come up with an app, it's done. It's, it's like you get funding, you're gone. It, there's a very, very long lead time when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Why would you want to go this route? And is it, because someone in your family was in it, or is it someone that introduced you to this? Like, what was your path to this point? Well, the the, the pharmaceutical component really came uh, when, when I was uh, at uh, MIT. I guess a little bit before that at Acton Biomed, but uh, the entrance into life science really stemmed from, uh, I had a lot of uh, uncles, uh, actually in Brazil of all places, uh, where uh, uh, they were physicians. And what I saw at an early age is the engagement uh, between patients and physicians and uh, how much uh, care there was, but also uh, the, the impact that uh, my uncles were having on on their patients. And so uh, from a very early age, that was something that I wanted to do. Uh, actually, when I was in high school, it was something that was encouraged to me by my teachers. Uh, just they, you know, they they said, "Listen, I think you would be a, a great physician. Something to look into." Um, why I chose chemical engineering, uh, I thought it was a challenge. Uh, you, you know, you could go a number of routes to to go pre med. Uh, so again, it's kind of ironic that I ended up uh, working at a, a chemical engineering heavy uh, company. Uh, ultimately, uh, so it started off in that in that end uh, toward the life uh, sciences, and even when I got to MIT, I thought that I was going to revert back to healthcare systems. Hence, that's why I joined the Chartist Group, and uh, especially at MIT, seeing how uh, 
we, there's a lot of work in lean and, and uh, a lot of Deming's principles being applied across different industries. I thought that that's where I would uh, really make my mark. I would say that uh, going into pharmaceuticals, it was uh, it was just this opportunity really where I saw this technology and I saw how currently uh, the uh, pharmaceuticals are being manufactured. And I said, you know, it has got to it's got to change. Uh, then the more and more I looked into uh, how things are currently done, uh, the more and more I really believe that what we have can uh, not only impact the industry as a whole, but when you think about uh, the United States and where we stand and some of our vulnerabilities uh, with uh, some critical drugs that, that unfortunately go into shortage, uh, I think there's an opportunity really uh, to leverage our technology and so uh, to, to uh, uh, improve access to life-saving drugs uh, to, to all Americans. So uh, I think that uh, it was always an interest in the um, life sciences, uh, but it started in uh, healthcare delivery and kind of morphed its way into uh, into uh, um, the pharmaceuticals. And, and I guess it also does help. Uh, I have a, a, a wife. My wife, she uh, uh, is also in the life sciences. And so uh, we'll see what our, our son ends up doing. Uh, um, we, we think he's more going to be going go into law just based on how, how, uh, how, how he talks. But we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> Going, thinking about your son, but also your t your teachers, um, you're thinking about where is he going to go, but what did your teachers see in you? I mean, what was it that you did, say, like, what was it that you were um, expressing, showing that they're like, you know what, you need to go to life science? Because most teachers aren't looking at a young person saying like, oh, you know what, you're that person I want to see as a doctor one day. So what was it that um, brought that to their attention where they were watching you more and more and then they were like pushing you towards that career? I think that uh, th there was a d definitely, uh, I would say, uh, I, I enjoyed the sciences and, and all the, uh, uh, the, the mathematics and, and, and the, and the uh, physical sciences, for example. So there definitely was that um, uh, leaning toward those subjects. Uh, I wouldn't say I was a, a great in, in my in my writing uh, at the time, although I, I feel like I've done a lot of scientific writing. But certainly, uh, English was uh, and uh, th those sorts of classes were not my forte. Uh, but I think that there was that combined with uh, just maybe how I uh, was in class. Uh, uh, trying to help other other folks and uh, and that's why I think that they thought that the uh, b being a physician would uh, would be uh, aligned with maybe my personality uh, so uh, I, I was very fortunate I would say that um, I had a rough patch in junior high school and then in high school I kind of uh, got uh, a little bit more focused and the teachers that I had I can't speak enough about how inspiring they can be uh, and, and really uh, have an impact on, on your life and career. And uh, uh, to this day, I still keep in contact uh, with uh, several of my teachers. Uh, I had several of them at, at uh, my uh, graduation uh, for medical school for my wedding. And so, uh, yeah, uh, they, they've definitely been, I would say, um, people who have impacted my life. I have to say, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I started my career as a teacher. Um, I have interns. I have my clients. I mean, teaching for me is like, I feel like everyone has to go through teaching one part of their lifetime because you see how hard it is to find that student that really understands you, understands you, gravitates towards you, and really changes their life. And so to know that these teachers have been throughout it, I mean, like, I love it. I love hearing that so much. Um, when you were in life sciences, um, 
So you're, in, you're like, you're actually practicing um, and you're with these patients. Um, you are seeing, um, I mean, I'll even just like, I'll bring the example of, I, before the pandemic, I was supposed to be in Ghana and, and just knowing I had to get a, a slew of different shots before I was supposed to go. And there was one shot that I can't, right now I can't remember it, but they, it was, uh, I had it, I had it like 10 years ago, but you're supposed to get a booster and they're like, oh no, we haven't made, we, there's like a shortage on this drug. And you just mentioned it, like there's a shortage on this drug, so you don't need it, you'll be fine. And I'm like, wait a second, I, I needed to go. I had it 10 years ago. By everything that I've read, I should have a booster and I'm not getting it. So now you're working with patients every single day. There are meds that are one, um, there's no longer and it's not being manufactured or two, um, the insurance doesn't cover it. So you'd have to go generic and the generic, there's something wrong with the generic. It's not affecting the patient the right way. Um, you were, I mean, you could have stayed in life sciences and you saw all these different things and probably a lot more. What was that pain point for you that you said enough is enough and I have to convert to going into the chemicals to help make this world better? Yeah, I think that uh, it's, it's exactly what you said. Uh, just seeing how the, uh, the, the, the tail is sort of wagging the dog in this, in this situation, how uh, things are upside down. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you some information, uh, a, a report that I read several years ago. Uh, I think it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And uh, something like uh, they, they surveyed over 200 oncologists and over 80% of them within the previous six months had to change the way, the way they prescribe chemotherapy because of a drug shortage. Um, and think about it, that's, that's, those are cancer patients not receiving the optimal regimen of drugs. Uh, and so uh, when, you, when you hear about these things, it really, uh, I, I would say, underscores the importance of uh, a more robust manufacturing uh, supply. And so uh, I, I think that that's really at the heart of what we're uh, doing, which is uh, ensuring uh, or, or advancing the state of manufacturing so that some of that can be uh, brought back to the U.S. To, to ensure these more stable supply chains, as well as globally uh, uh, um, as well. So uh, I think that uh, it, it's, a, it's an important mission and uh, one that if there was a silver lining to this COVID-19, uh, I hate to call it that since there's just been so much uh, tragedy, but it really has highlighted our over-dependence on a very fragile supply chain of pharmaceuticals that uh, it's, uh, you know, we're talking with a company where from start to finish, uh, two years uh, to, to produce. Uh, and uh, in, in that, in, in that, during that production period, there's ample opportunity for quality infractions. And certainly it's not a very responsive one if there are changes in demand. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we think that ultimately uh, this, uh, uh, it's got to change. And that, that's one thing that has been uh, highlighted uh, with this coronavirus. So hopefully uh, uh, we'll get over this, this current pandemic, prepare ourselves and uh, hopefully avoid, or uh, we won't have another one, but if it, if it does come, we'll be better prepared uh, with uh, uh, manufacturing systems that could really, uh, in a short amount of time, uh, start producing uh, uh, critical drugs. But yeah, I think that all, all these uh, uh, unfortunate uh, deficiencies in our current system uh, really had uh, prompted uh, my our interest in uh, and uh, and the mission of our company. What has the pandemic done for you? I mean, like March March fifteen ish. So. December, January, people are getting sick. People are like, God, this is like, a, it's so early for, for, it's so early or a continuance of the flu. 
Um, people are like getting sicker and sicker. It's getting a little bit more intense. Wait a second, this is no longer the flu. And then March, the world, the world is like, like literally like 2020, hello. <laughs> um, and so now we're realizing this is bigger than the flu. This is like a lot more damaging. Um, an entire, the past four and a half months has really changed our lives like we've never seen before in this lifetime for so many, including the individuals that are at 100 years old. And they're like, yes, we were born during the last pandemic. But they were, again, they were born. They didn't experience it. Um, they've heard stories. What did that do for you? Because you're just, I mean, you are, you and your team, um, and I don't know how big your team is right now, but you and your team, you're moving along, you're getting things done, and this happens. What does that do for every single thing you've planned, and how have you pivoted during that time? Yeah, it's it's been challenging, uh, really, uh, for us. Uh, you know, from working remotely uh, to canceling uh, company social function, which serve a, a really important practice of maintaining this culture for a small company. Uh, uh, it, it's that, that's one of the things that we think is really important is uh, making sure that on a day-to-day -day everyone's happy and part of that is uh, the social component of that and that certainly got put on hold now we're putting up plexiglass barriers so it's 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 changing a lot um, and from a personal uh, f from our company fortunately uh, our individual um, our, our, our team members uh, have been uh, fortunate thus far, but I would say that unfortunately we, we've had some uh, extended family that that um, uh, that have been affected very uh, uh, sadly uh, by this uh, by this virus. So um, it, it did hit us um, uh, pr pretty pretty hard. Um, one second. The the well, when you're saying to me that that it affected the families. Um, how did it affect the company in regards of the growth? So uh, it, it's, and, and you just said like, you are dealing with individuals that you, the, the company components of doing things together, keeping them happy. How are they able to do their jobs knowing that there's family issues? So now you're, you're working from home. Um, you're not being able to see your team. You're not able to collaborate like you used to. And now the, it's coming, it's hitting home. Like literally, literally and figuratively, the, the virus is hitting home. Um, how are you able to deal with that as a founder? How are you able to keep them um, in a positive light? But also, how are you able to grow your company? I mean, how have you pivoted during that time? Yeah, so uh, one thing uh, from the very beginning uh, with uh, Sal, I mentioned that, uh, you know, he's a very conscientious uh, uh, leader and CEO, is that we've always uh, said family first. And so we've always maintained this policy that folks uh, have to take care of themselves uh, and uh, that comes before work. Uh, with that said, I think a lot of people at our company understand the, the our mission. And so uh, even through these hard times and through the different restrictions that we put on to maintain people safe, uh, people have really been uh, working really hard because they understand also that um, what we have can be a solution or, you know, it really should be part of that solution moving forward. So uh, the, the company has really, uh, the team members have been champs about that uh, and really uh, continue to progress. We've had, uh, in just in terms of our work, some uh, issues where, or, or some slowdowns with, with various companies just because uh, companies have had to reprioritize uh, their efforts. And so that, that's been... Um, 
a little challenging for us. With that said, uh, we're, we're talking with the U.S. government and various agencies right now, and so uh, you know we're hopeful that we can be part of a solution, uh, a long-lasting solution. And so, uh, and, and we've had a, a number of other uh, opportunities come to fruition despite these uh, difficult times. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that um, there's no doubt that our, our company took a little bit of a hit. The uh, the PPP certainly uh, did help, uh, and uh, just the uh, the resilience and the uh, I would say the most importantly, just been our uh, our team members who've uh, really uh, stuck it through and encouraged each other. And of course, in a, in a safe way, we all feel responsible for uh, the safety and health of of our uh, fellow uh, team members. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, through it all, uh, we we we've probably done. Uh, um, fairly well, um, better than expected. Uh, you know, you read about some of the sad stories about businesses closing down. We've been fortunate enough. Hopefully, they'll be able to rebound uh, in the future. And, uh, you know, maybe it's, it'll be because we, we can contribute to the recovery. What has happened during this time that you would have never thought that you, that you could accomplish? Meaning that um, you had it in your five-year plan. This is what we're, we, what we're needing to do. And all of a sudden, you have this abundance of time so what do you, what has um, been added to your company that you thought I wasn't going to see this or we weren't able to do it or we didn't have the time to do it? And now you're like, oh, my God, this is great. We have created something that whatever it is. And mind you, you don't have to go into detail, but have you used this time wisely um, to create or add something that you just didn't have the time? Uh, for our company, I'm not sure. It's, it's a little bit uh, difficult. I would say that. Uh, one thing that we've been able to do is uh, become very effective through remote working, uh, working remotely. And so I think that of that as another silver lining, as an aptitude for uh, maybe how things may evolve in the future. Uh, I'm more on the business side, so I don't necessarily need to be in the office uh, to uh, uh, to work in the laboratory or, or do some of the technical work. Um, I like to be here because I love to be with my colleagues, but uh, down the road uh, as we start growing, I think that that's going to be important to be able to uh, work remotely effectively um, with uh, with other team members. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I would say that that's definitely one aspect that, that we've grown as a company, the ability to, uh, to, to work in that way. Um, also, uh, I would say that... Uh, just generally, uh, uh, the, the, we, I would say we're much better prepared for future, uh, like the flu season, for example. I think uh, we, we, we're becoming a lot more aware of uh, our uh, hygiene practices. So I think that uh, I think that that's that'll be uh, good moving forward. It's funny that you say that because in the past, past February, <laughs> um, people, if they were sick, they were just so like, I have to go to work. I have to go to work. I have to go to work. And now, because they were just so conscious, like, I can't work remotely. And now because of this, if you're sick, stay home. It's okay yeah. now. It's stay home. Because now we're experiencing, it's a big deal if you're ill because you're not helping anyone um, just because you're fearful of your, your superior. Um, you were in the medical field. You were with patients. You were, you were seeing them. You were talking to them. Um, you have family members in it. You decide to go the business route. What would you say to someone that, because everyone is now home and they're thinking maybe that's the way that I was living before is not what I want, what was cracked up for me. Um, and maybe it's time to start my own business. What was that moment for you that it was a time? And also, 
Um, Cause it's not just like, I mean, like one aspect is yes, the whole entire concept of the chemicals, the pharmaceuticals, et cetera, that, 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 that curiosity of bigger plan, but you just said it. I'm more on the business side. Um, you didn't go to business. I mean, you didn't go, sign up for this at the beginning. What would you say to someone about your path and what, especially if they're in the life sciences, um, that you want to now start the business and you're going to be spending a lot more time on the business side of it. What would you say are your, the, the reasons that you love it? And what are the absolute like, oh my God, this is like so painful. Why am I doing it? Yeah, d definitely. So I'll try to answer all the, the points of your question. The one thing I would say uh, that uh, may maybe this is a little bit different, but I, I do think it's important. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of my colleagues in uh, the clinical sciences end up kind of keep on, they keep on going through it, right? So you've done residency training, and then you're, you're a fellow or you're in private practice and uh, you just kind of keep doing it because uh, uh, you've invested so much money. And even if you're not happy doing it, I, 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 you, you continue to do it. And so, uh, and I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of my friends and, and uh, former colleagues who I think would have been better served saying, okay, uh, you know, I realize I invested a lot, but this is not what I really want to do. This is not what makes me happy uh, in life. And so uh, I think that, um, some sort of reflection uh, is important. With that said, I have nothing but fond memories of my clinical days. And uh, as I mentioned, it really was a, an honor uh, to, and, and, and a lot of fun to treat patients, listen to their stories. And if someone were to ask me if I would recommend going into clinical medicine, I would absolutely encourage them. It was a really fun. It just wasn't for me, uh, but uh, it, I, and I know a lot of people who are really fulfilled uh, as uh, clinicians. Uh, and uh, like I said, I look back on those days with, uh, with fond memories. Um, in terms of going into entrepreneurship, it's difficult. You're going to think that you've got the, uh, the next sliced bread and someone else is going to say, uh, are going to think otherwise. And uh, it's going to, it's going to be difficult. And so uh, what was really helpful in my case is that I found something that I was really passionate about. Um, something I really thought would change the world and, and I and continue to do so. And that just really pushes you uh, when uh, you have those bad days where uh, you, you feel that uh, you're, you're, you're swimming upstream. Uh, and so there's, uh, there's that part of it. There's also, I would say, uh, being able to pivot and understand uh, how, what your customer is saying and what other people are saying. Uh, because as a young entrepreneur, uh, one thing you have to really understand is what you know and what you don't know. And when you don't know something, uh, you have to try to figure that out and, and understand that sometimes you're wrong, which is another great thing. When I, when I met Sal, I really felt that there was this uh, this willingness to learn and understand uh, uh, or, or learn from other, other people uh, because uh, uh, usually entrepreneurs and uh, are uh, are starting off at a at a younger age, uh, and so they haven't been around the block, and so they may not know certain things that uh, someone uh, uh, with a little bit more experience may know, or they may not know someone something uh, more technical that someone uh, who's in, uh, in in college or, or much younger uh, may know. So you you really have to, uh, I would say, uh, be uh, have the conviction of what you're doing, but uh, flexible to take in uh, information from whatever source, you know, it may not necessarily seem like uh, 
um, an, an authority of, of some sort, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's good information there. You know, if someone walks in t-shirt and jeans, they could be, uh, they can be a wealth of information more than uh, someone who's suited up. So. I love that you say that because I mean, I, I try to explain to people so often where don't just look at what you're seeing on the forefront um, because there's so much knowledge and there's always that individual that is a sponge. Um, I love, I mean, I think it's like um, being international, learning to speak the language here. Um, I have absorbed a lot. Um, I'm dyslexic. So I go over the top because I want to learn so much more and I'm and not just like uh, marketing is my world, but I want to learn a little bit about everyone because I want to be able to have a conversation with you and I want to be able to like have a conversation with you where we're both learning from one another. And I think that people are so quick to shut down someone that's wearing the t-shirt and the jeans, assuming, well, that's not what the typical doctor looks like, or that's not a typical scientist looks like. So I think that, I mean, I love that you just said that because it really, in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, you never know who you're talking to because everyone brings so much, not just a little bit, but so much to the table. And in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, you know what you know, but you don't know all these other things that will keep your business going. Right. Right. To, to be able to like, to, to be able to know that and absorb it. And you're like, okay, take a step back from what I'm used to in the typical traditional world and know that I am doing something so great, but I need the support and the help of other people that, that I'm, that I just, I don't know those knowledges. Um, you're hearing it in the news. Everyone's hearing in the news. They're so overwhelmed. Vaccination, not vaccination. Uh, there's um, it's going to be ready. This year, it's not going to be ready this year. In your opinion, with all this information that's being said about the vaccination for, the, um, for COVID, anyone that's like listening to you right now, how do we listen to this, not get overwhelmed, not get scared, and have hope? Yeah, so I think uh, one thing to, to note is that there are thousands of people in the pharmaceutical industry uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes there's a, a bad rep uh, in terms of some of the pricing, and certainly uh, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, I'm not defending any uh, pricing strategies that these companies have. Um, but what I'd like to talk about instead are, are those R&D engines uh, that uh, that they have, and thousands of people who work really, really uh, hard. Um, and I've seen, uh, uh, you know, how passionate they are. It's, uh, you know, for those scientists, it's not, it's not about the money. It's not about the price. It's really about, um, how, uh, they, how to, uh, find a cure for a disease. A lot of them have uh, family members, friends who are affected by the diseases that they're, they themselves are trying to cure. I've watched videos of, uh, at the end of a failed clinical trial, the scientists crying. And uh, uh, so you have thousands of people who are very uh, vested in, in the development of vaccines and other therapeutics uh, to uh, combat not only this pandemic, but other, uh, other uh, diseases. And I would just say that um, it's, uh, it's a worthwhile cause. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're working very hard. Uh, you know, we're just manufacturers. So we uh, hope to support them through more efficient manufacturing and uh, increasing uh, access. But there are so many really smart people out there uh, that uh, spend, uh, you know, uh, very late nights just trying to uh, work on these, these tough problems. And, uh, if uh, for the young ones, uh, you know, who may be watching or listening, uh, it really is a, a fulfilling job to know that what you're doing 
uh, is it could save lives. So uh, you know maybe this would uh, inspire someone uh, to to enter into the life sciences. It's a tough uh, it's a tough uh, industry, but a uh, you know a lot of people like challenges. I hope uh, and I, I do did certainly. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess that's what that's what I would say is that we're uh, you know folks are trying really hard. Hopefully uh, something will come out. I would also say that uh, there's the the solutions that pharmaceutical and biotech companies can provide, but there's also uh, uh, common sense uh, activities and behaviors that we can adopt while we're waiting for that solution that could really curb the uh, the spread of this disease and uh, of, of uh, COVID-19 and other ones. Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, I would say everyone's an active participant uh, in, in what's going on. Uh, so uh, to be mindful and uh, uh, act accordingly, that doesn't mean that you can't go for a walk, but when you go for a walk, uh, you know, take whatever uh, uh, precautions are uh, appropriate. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I wasn't, I definitely didn't want to focus on the, the prices. Um, we see these movies, we see this, um, like the CEOs of these major companies that are like definitely gouging for like diabetes, like for like, EpiPens or things like that. We've like seen those like Netflix remakes of those um, situations. Um, we have seen, I, I mean, like I personally, I mean, I, um, being Haitian, I have doctors, engineers, and lawyers in my family. And I have a lot of them that talk about the talking to a client or client or patient and saying like we, your insurance doesn't cover this medicine. It, just, it is what it is, um, which is horrifying. Um, and you just said you enjoy talking to those patients and hearing from, I have, a, I have friends that have worked at Biogen, uh, have worked at um, Vertex and they get, they, they spend so much time with those families that they're doing the testing. And when it fails, it is, it's, it's devastating. It's not even just heartbreaking. It's not just that it's devastating because you spent so much time with these families and you, you've given them hope. And it, it breaks their hearts. Um, I'm more so wondering for that average person. They're watching the news. They're overwhelmed. They're they're reading the papers. I mean, they, I mean the media. I mean, and I'm a former media person. I mean, I I love being in the media, but they're overwhelmed because I I get up every single day and I just want to believe something is going to happen that's going to be on the positive side. So being a scientist, um, being an individual that's in that world, what is that moment of hope? that you give that average person, I'm not sick, I'm taking precautions, I'm just trying to do my best to keep my family safe, keep myself safe. Um, how do I, what parts do I take in and what parts do I'm like, okay, enough is enough, in your opinion? Yeah, there, unfortunately, there's a lot of information out there and uh, there, it's, a lot of it is, I would say, mixed up with uh, some of the political back and forth uh, and uh, that's unfortunate uh, uh, that uh, it's uh, it's not something where there could just be some information that uh, readers could look at and under and know that uh, it's uh, just uh, reported as the way it is and maybe doesn't have uh, isn't being used by one party or, or the other uh, f to further their uh, their gain uh, political gain um, and, and, and it's 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 really difficult uh, because. Uh, you, you read about uh, uh, so, so many conflicting stories. Uh, I, I think the, the best thing is uh, so, uh, also to, to talk with your uh, physicians, uh, uh, ask them uh, uh, what's going on. And, uh, you know, they, they should be abreast of what uh, 
uh, of the latest developments. Uh, sometimes it's difficult if, uh, if you don't have a, a background in the life sciences to be able to read the, for example, the New England Journal or JAMA or some of the, uh, the, the uh, more uh, common or um, larger uh, healthcare journals. Uh, and so uh, it's it's and that's difficult. And sometimes on the on the web you have watered down versions, but a lot of that is editorialized. And so what do you mean I can't get it from WebMD? What are you talking about? Well, well WebMD is actually not bad. I think uh, I, I've seen it. Um, I, I've used it in the past. Um, and uh, but I'm not sure how much they would have about. Uh, the developments of these uh, uh, vaccines. A lot of times I, I use MD just as a, a, a information on uh, how to treat certain diseases. And there, there's a lot of good information on, on some of those sites. So um, I, I think that consulting with your physician uh, and uh, uh, staying as much informed as possible. Uh, th there is stuff on the internet, uh, but uh, with that, I would take, I would say take things with a little bit of a grain of salt. And if there is any, question, then uh, uh, again, I would say consult a physician, uh, your physician, and uh, he or she will be able to direct you, hopefully, uh, if, they, if, if they don't know uh, uh, the, the, the correct answer. Uh, but this is definitely something, unfortunately, where I'm not sure that there are, uh, th there is a um, uh, foundational knowledge that is uh, resolute or um, absolute. Uh, I think people are learning a little bit more uh, every day about this. So uh, keeping informed would be good. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that uh, uh, we will have a much better understanding and a solution in the near future. Uh, but until then, yes, I, yes, absolutely. Definitely. Um, just wanted to ask the question because like, I know I didn't get it. How many people that are, how many people do you have on your team? So we have, uh, I believe, 20 people on our team right now. So it's a, it's a fairly small team, but uh, we've been able to be very lean. Uh, and uh, we have par external partnerships where uh, we need uh, uh, extra capabilities. Um, and uh, it's a small team, but uh, I could say very confidently that each one of the team members that we have uh, was the correct decision. Uh, we've been very fortunate in uh, in getting the right people. I think uh, kind of going back to that previous question about entrepreneurship, as you, as entrepreneurs build their team, I think the uh, the idea is very important, but having the right team members uh, is uh, equally uh, important. Uh, folks who will uh, speak their opinion uh, and uh, uh, but also uh, collaborate. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, our best, I, I think the the best twenty uh, folks that uh, we could possibly think of. I have to say that um, I say this over and over and over again to a lot of people that I work with um, and work um, for us and uh, when they hire us, it's like hire slow, fire fast, um, molasses slow to find the right people. And also you never want to hire people that are carbon copy of you because you just said it where it goes individuals that will be able to sit there and uh, have that discussion with you and not be afraid to speak their voices. Um, I think that's like a very beneficial to any single company that's out there. Um, what is your... Who is your ultimate customer? Like, I mean, who is the individual that you'd want to partner with the most that would literally bring your company to the next level or help your company grow where we can provide X, Y, Z for you? So who is that ultimate cu customer? Well, we're looking uh, to uh, build out uh, a generics business. We believe that with our technology, we could start manufacturing uh, some of these uh, drugs by our, our, ourselves. And in that way, really cut out a lot of the uh, 
the st other stakeholders within this supply chain so we could go directly to hospitals and pharmacies and deliver high quality uh, U.S. Uh, manufacturing the U.S. Uh, drugs um, to them uh, in, in a w with a reliable uh, um, uh, uh, supply. So uh, I would say uh, ultimately patients, but usually patients get their uh, uh, their um, uh, pharmaceutical or their, their drugs from uh, the pharmacies and uh, hospitals. So I would say probably those entities, uh, and we're already talking with uh, with a lot of them. Uh, they've had uh, a number of issues uh, in the past from these uh, unfortunate uh, drug shortages uh, to uh, these price gate gouging uh, uh, um, tactics, right, uh, that a lot of generic uh, companies use, unfortunately. Uh, and so uh, we, we hope to be maybe a leveling force uh, in, in changing this paradigm of manufacturing. So I would say that those would be the, the folks uh, that we would want to reach out to. Right now, we're, we're talking a lot with uh, U.S. government agencies because we want to be part of that strategic solution uh, to uh, ensure that uh, Americans are safe during, uh, or during this pandemic and future ones. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, second to last question that I have. Um, I love that you just said that for the reason that it, it, it makes it very clear because I do know many people that are older, um, baby boomers and above, that are taking that drive once a month or once a quarter to go to Canada and they're getting their medicine. Um, a lot of people are no longer ordering it from overseas because you get the placebos and you're like, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm getting sicker and then I'm going to have to go to my doctor. So you being around and you being able to work with um, the government to combat that is very, very beneficial because a lot of people are like, you know what, I, go, I need these medicines or even where um, I know many, many individuals that are older, they, that, and I'm sure you've heard of it, they're on the donut. And so when they hit that cycle of, oh, my medicine and my, like my insurance will not hit and will not pay for this anymore, they go three months without taking their medicine. And that's detrimental to so many people. So to know that you're able to create this, like you're creating a, a value proposition for the government and for the people to, to get their medicine. It's not at that price point, but it's like high quality, win, 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 win. So it's technically not a question, but it was just like a statement where I've heard it, I've seen it, um, being in the media, being in the government, I've watched it in so many different ways, reading about it. Um, and it's like, I think it's absolutely fantastic that more and more people need to hear that you're here, what you're doing. Um, it's a small group, but it's a mighty group. And so I love that you're doing this, so yay. Um, so my last question. <laughs> so if you had a personal and professional ask of anyone that is watching you right now, what would be your personal and professional ask? Um, because I think that more and more people don't understand how hard you're working, but there's always an ask um, for a small business, um, for an entrepreneurial mind, for an innovator. So what would that be? I think that uh, one of the things that we're really looking to do is help uh, other companies transform the way they manufacture drugs uh, because beyond us producing our own generics, we also think that other companies should really uh, try to uh, adopt more advanced methods. It's a way of saving money and hopefully in saving money, you could uh, there could be a potential uh, reduction in cost, although I realize that that sometimes doesn't work that way, but certainly there would be an improvement in quality, which ultimately will benefit uh, patients. Uh, so one of the things that we always try to do is educate people as much as possible on the benefits of 
adopting these new technologies, uh, the improvement in quality, efficiency, etc. Unfortunately, one of the big challenges is that there is this uh, the, the, this culture that's already been embedded in the pharmaceutical industry of how they've manufactured in the past, and it's deeply rooted. And so the ask that uh, I would I would uh, put out there would be to have that vision of and, and, and think beyond of what we've done and more about the future of what we can do, thinking more in terms of the long-term as opposed to uh, the short-term gains. Uh, and so uh, that, that's what I would really say. It's uh, um, when, when, we, when we talk with companies, a lot of times it's with uh, folks who've been doing batch manufacturing for 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, and so we recognize that it's difficult for them to step out of those shoes and try to uh, look at some uh, approach uh, this uh, manufacturing in a, in, a, in a totally different uh, way. But uh, sometimes that's needed, right? Uh, and so our hope through uh, discussions like these and, and other opportunities to educate uh, folks is that uh, we could see through those challenges, those uh, of mobilizing a, a completely a new paradigm in manufacturing uh, uh, because ultimately that's where we need to be. Everyone benefits from a more efficient and better quality uh, system. Uh, and with pharmaceuticals, not to downplay other industries, but with pharmaceuticals in, in specifically, uh, sometimes there are these narrow therapeutic windows that you really need to make sure that you're, the drug uh, that you're uh, uh, giving to someone uh, is accurate. There, there's also uh, unfortunate cases where uh, there, there are uh, impurities that could uh, be very uh, harmful. And so we, we really have to be careful with uh, uh, and uh, rigorous in, in our, our, our methods. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say that uh, uh, please uh, think, think about uh, Think, think about the long term and, and, and the change that we or the, the place that we want to be maybe 10, 15 years from now. Now, and what's your personal ask? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, just from a personal standpoint, especially given here in the U.S., uh, that people continue to be safe during this pandemic, um, you know, just from a personal standpoint, because you read about these rising numbers and you just hope that uh, we could do better uh, in terms of uh, containing the current uh, one. Uh, and just from, a, I guess, from my life experience and my professional experience, uh, is uh, as as young folks uh, start thinking or think about how to how they want to uh, pursue their careers, what they want to do is is think really hard about about what you want to do and what uh, fulfills you. Uh, and uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to uh, um, stop what you're doing uh, and uh, pursue something that that uh, you're really passionate about. Uh, my, my, I feel like my job is somewhat easy because I get to talk about something that I believe very uh, strongly in. Uh, you know, th th that's not to say that there, there's not work that I, I do during the day, but uh, certainly uh, when I'm out there pitching or, or talking with other companies, it's very easy uh, to, to do because it's, it's really something that I, I believe in. And uh, yeah, so. Well, the good thing about that is, I mean, um, this is a great opportunity for people to realize maybe this is the time to pivot, which is a great, I mean, this, again, you're thinking about it, but you're afraid to. And so now people are thinking about that, but also you're passionate about it and you can hear it. Um, when you're working, you're talking about your job. You're like, uh, it's kind of like Bueller, Bueller, status quo, boring. 
But when the second you get excited about um, what you do, why you do it, and who you can help, to, who you're helping, it's clear and everyone can hear it and people want to gravitate towards you. So I gravitate towards you. Uh, I love what you do. I, mean, I think that um, if I had many, many more lives, I, life sciences definitely, I'm fascinated. Um, whenever something's in the news, I automatically call the relatives and I want to hear in detail and they respond by, you know, you could have gone into it. I'm like, I could have, but I'm marketing and I help you tell your story. So, so we all have our places, but I do appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. But, oh wait, I have one slot, like one last small question. How was it working from home with your wife and your, when your child? How did you guys do? It was, it, it was fantastic. I uh, really enjoyed it. I never, I got to spend so much time with our little boy. Um, and now that daycare is opening up, uh, it's, it's like, again, one of those bittersweet moments because uh, on the one hand, definitely uh, work will improve in terms of being more efficient, uh, but then I get to see him limited hours. So uh, another silver lining has been uh, being able to uh, take him uh, out during, uh, during these days um, and uh, uh, spend more time with him. So yeah, that, that has been a, a, a real pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, now that daycare has opened up and uh, things are hopefully starting to normalize a little bit, uh, we'll, we'll uh, revert. But uh, uh, it definitely now, uh, I feel that there's so many, our, our relationship has gotten much better, our, our, our shall we say. And uh, I, I, we have a lot of activities uh, that, that still need to be done. And, and so I think the weekends are going to get even better now. Oh, my God. I love it. That's the best way to end this. This is great. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. Oh, this was just like so wonderful. And I learned so much. So yay for you, what you're doing. Yay for your team. And just yay for you spending quality time with your family. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you.